Great asking the questions as far as what you were doing. It wasn't that difficult. I was just... I thought we didn't talk before the show. For fuck's sake. Hello, everyone. (laughs) And welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. With us, as always, is Mr. Shantvall. I am Joey Bonnier. And here he is... He's a little bit tipsy. I'm super Sean tipsy. O'Brien. What do you call himself? The Dragon Master? That was like <laughs> That was extremely off mic. That was like capital lettered off mic. Mm, sorry. Uh, that was off happening. record. Yeah. <laughs> this episode basically has turned like this this whole show has turned into me being like way drunker than I should be. Mm. And I read to you guys. Yep. Sounds like a good time. I guess. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want. I don't want to listen to that. It's either that, or we stare at each other while we wait for food. So you know. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's my point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, or Joey Beats says it. What do we? What do we do for food anyway? Uh, kebabs. 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 That's yeah. correct. I forgot. I forgot. I got chicken. Chicken. What? Kebabs. Kebabs. What did you do, Shawnee? I got the combo. I think. Did you? No, guys do no. Like... I just got beef. Beef kebabs. Beef kebabs. Do you like things with them or? It's the plate. Yeah. It's got the rice and the, the hummus. That's mm. right. I forgot. Mm. The rice Better and the hummus. Better have hummus. I'll be upset if mm. I got a gyro. Mm. I got a gyro. Wait, wait. I like gyros. Mm. They're good. Gyros? No. Yeah. Gyros. What about a superhero? Ao. The gyro? I'm holding out for a hero myself. Holding out to the morning light? Anyway, I have books. He's got to be good and he's got to be strong know. and he's got to be fresh from the fight. So I, I was in the middle of a Jebs. I, I call the jabs, like the gigs I do all the time, mm-hmm. I call them jabs. It's just really fun. Because yes. like Trump says jabs, and that's mm-hmm. fun. And it makes it it makes my life easier. He's bringing so all the jabs that. back. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I was in the middle of that, and I <laughs> you, we had suddenly decided that we were recording tonight. So I'm like, oh, fuck me. Excuse me. So I... <laughs> I was um, totally fine with Saturday. I, I was enjoying the Transformers. Well, I didn't know what happened with Saturday. <laughs> what was the deal with Saturday? Were we able to- Joey were just you, declared were you Thursday. Saturday? <laughs> Are you free Saturday? Yeah. I didn't You declare. mother cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Sean Faw declared seven. I, I declared nothing. No, he said either seven after seven on Thursday or Saturday free all day. We could record it all day Saturday. <laughs> there was something in the messages that made me feel like- Thursday oh, I think the o- OB said that uh, you couldn't do too late on Saturday. I think. Oh, I just was, well, yeah, yeah. But if we're free all day, yeah. I, I said afternoon. I could we could have recorded for seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> we still can. Yeah, <laughs> we might. So oh, fuck it. We shouldn't might. have said anything. Oh, that's it. Jesus hey, Sean Fa, what are you doing Saturday, bud? Um, what are you doing Saturday? I don't know. Because it's seven p.m. on Thursday on on uh, the 29th. Jesus Christ. I don't know. I anyway, I have books. I have books. I didn't know what was happening, so literally the only books I had in my car were Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce, uh, Ulysses by James Joyce. Oh, no. This is not turning Sean well. Faw had a couple books, so I had a couple other things. Uh, I had uh, Treasure Island by Louis Stevenson. Or Ra- Jesus, Robert, Robert Louis, Louis Stevenson. Shut up! Jesus I had uh, 1984, our old classic. I had mm. The Adventure of Sherlock Holmes. Lewis Carroll's It's the Dean uh, Martin book hour. Alice, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. Um I and the this Robert Frost the poems thing that I gave you. I gave you this book. I'm very proud I gave you this book, by the way. I'm very happy. And one day when society collapses, I might um, get around to reading it. Also, so Joey asked me before, uh so I 
literally on my way to Jeb's, I went to a printer copier place. Um, and for my, for my, both my parents turned 60 this year. Um, and I've been working on a book for the last year and I printed out a copy for them. Mm. Uh, and I, so I, ironically enough, the only, literally the only fucking other book in my head in my <laughs> the life, only physical copy, in the existence. only physical copy that I had outside of Ulysses and Finding His Wake in my book was actually the book that oh I fucking goodness. wrote myself. He's got the, the plasticky binding. Which I really, really cool. Looks like a really good book report. embarrassed that I have at all, but we didn't, it was just a weird happenstance thing that I'm terribly unhappy about but anyway I have do books. all scripts have to be set up like or scripts or or not scripts or books or manuscripts are they all looking like that with the same plasticky binding no but that's just the binding that's that, the cheap that, one that yeah, they sell at kinko's yeah, or whatever that's oh, okay. the cheapest one that people <laughs> I have i thought it was so. like a special no i mean scripts are usually they just don't just make like staples that big exactly exactly so anyway i i have books yeah. and i'm fucking terribly embarrassed so please pick like like lewis carroll or something i don't know well, I assume we should uh, pick the O'Brien book because yeah, it's never obvious. coming back. It's, right, yeah. <laughs> that seems like the choice. Because otherwise it would be extremely narcissistic for him to bring it back every week. I'm until too we drunk pick for it. this. So, but we could just, this is like the only opportunity. <laughs> but I could, I could just not read it ever. I yeah, that's what you were hoping for. But uh, no. You fucking jerk off. Whatever. <laughs> I can, I can, I, I, ironically, I was like, I should just read the whole thing anyway. Just, yeah, I was going to say, just consider this the first round of your book on tape. And this is the, this is weird because it's you reading you. That's true. The audio version should just be the, the, <laughs> the literally literary way version too much of it. To drink tonight. We should interrupt him the entire time right. he reads Dude, his audiobook. For real, by the way, I've had so much to fucking drink the last week. Like, once I finished this last week, <laughs> the I finished about a week opened. ago. I finished about a week ago, and I I I poured a bottle of scotch into a glass mm-hmm. and I sat in a bathtub for like an hour and I don't like baths but I just sat there. Of black tar heroin. and I couldn't it was the weirdest thing it was like an odd instinctive place and I just fucking laid down and I'm like okay this is good are you gonna become and Trumbo then, are you gonna get a typewriter God, I, in the I, fucking tub everything's safe everything's okay I'm happy I'm good <laughs> oh my but God. for what like the day I finished it I'm like fuck man that was fucked up when I first wrote it I wrote it in about ten days in October. Uh, my sister was coming in like 13 days. So I just wrote it real quick. It's- so as one does when you're waiting for your sister. <laughs> I mean, when one has 13 days, you might as well spell 10 of it writing a novel. And it was only about 74,000 words or so. Yeah, um, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I mean, if, so to clarify, okay, I have to clarify, no concept. Of the it. idea was I've never written a lot a of words. I've never written a novel before. I went to school for directing, but the idea was okay. If I'm gonna actually try this like legitimate writer profession thing, I should see what the world is actually like to like professionally write. Um, the Great Gatsby is about fifty thousand words ish. I think it's actually less, like forty some odd. Hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe I should like. All right, I think I could write some version of a novel. Like 40, 50,000 words. If I write 5,000 words a day, over 10 days, I should be good. <laughs> I don't know what the structure is. I had previously written a script version of the novel. Hmm. Um, and so I knew the basic structure and I knew kind of more or less what happens. Um, and I knew at the very least the heart of it. I knew I understood the heart of it. So I'm like, well, okay, if I got 10 days, I can try to do this. And I did. I sat down in 10 days, I wrote. I, it turned out I intended to be like 50,000 words. It turned out to be like 74,000 words because I'm an insane person. Hmm. Clearly after it was done, I took a couple months off um, and I started writing again. And then I took another couple months off to fucking 
figure out what's going on with the election. And I wrote a whole Trump play, et cetera. But basically from about February of this year, or um, I guess it started, yeah, like like November of last year um, to about December. And then I stopped and then I started again in January. Um, is, I, what what is that? So you said you wrote the whole thing in ten days. So I wrote all the, this bullshit. The, the first draft. Of it, <laughs> I wrote the first draft of it in ten days. Right. Seventy four thousand words. It was it was what it was. Mm-hmm. It was fine. It was a draft of the novel. But in order to you know the second process of it, I've called this last year and a half to be the direction of the novel, like mm-hmm. where I kind of add the life to it, the the perspective, the all the fucking forty thousand fucking layers underneath it, which I hate. Choice and bullshit. Joycey and bullshit. That's what you live for. I hate it. It's so hard. It's bullshit. I just oh, it's work. But I mean, you wouldn't do the work unless you loved it. I just want to entertain. Um. Anyway, so I you can entertain with one level, man. Look at fucking Adam Sandler. Anyway, I did that. Whatever. So (laughs) I I guess I have that. So I wrote a book. I don't know. And I finished it like a week ago, and then I was done. All right, read your book. I hate you. Yep. Do it now. Do it. Please clap. Shut up! Don't. I can't even stop that. Do you um, want to? Do you want to give us some background? I will. I will. Yeah. Uh, oh, I so thought that was the background. The no, it was the background, but <laughs> it's the background um, of the author. Yeah, that was the background on the background. The, the about the author. <laughs> so the final, the final piece of piece of information I have in the book. Um, it's supposed to feel like this novel was written by a lunatic who underlines Ulysses obsessively. All right. So it's it's supposed to feel like you just found. A, a discarded journal. Posted poetry. Yeah, like you. Yeah, it's cute. It's good. Mm-hmm. If you were walking along the beach and then you, you suddenly found an, a a journal, you wrote Blair what Witch. What would that look like? What would it look like <laughs> if you just picked up a journal suddenly? That's the idea. That's it. Basically would look like me taking three so more steps kind of to the trash. This like leather bound thing that you like the Necronomicon. It's got you know it, it's got it's got Does sand it embedded for the last you know. Decade or so. You can't tell how long it's been. Decade. That this thing's been decaying. Exactly. It's literally dying before your hands. You pick it up and you open it up. Um, anyway, it's called the, the Pilgrimage of Marco and Paula. Oh, Jesus. By Marco and Paula. That's what it is. So imagine. I hate it already. Ima- right. <laughs> imagine you're walking along the beach and you find this like little piece of shit. All right. And it's just there. Sean, you're going to have a lot of fun with that. I'm going to get out my proofs, meter. It's, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Your Chris meter is going to be off the charts at the beginning, we but I imagine. promise you, I promise you. There's redemption. It will only lower the entirety of the book. So it starts at the highest Chris meter, and it continues to lower. To full on Greg at the beginning. Conti- I, I'm not even kidding with you. I swear to God, right it on. just continues to lower as far as you progress. It, it grows more hard and loses pretension as it goes. So, yes, it starts off. Very pretentious, <laughs> and I deeply apologize for this, but I promise it's fun. I would expect nothing less. Anyway, so imagine you pick up a uh, imagine you pick up a uh, a discarded journal. And Does this reads. have to be explained at the beginning of the book, or no? Like, it's just uh, like literally. Imagine you're holding your hands a discarded fucking journal. Right, right. But like, yeah, how I, would that feel? How would I, it look like? I'm I, a random I, douchebag walking through Barnes and Noble, which I, doesn't exist anymore, and I pick I, up your book. Is this going to be disclaimed at the beginning of the book? I or? don't know how it's actually going to be presented. Right. Ideally, it would literally look exactly like a journal yeah. that had been sitting on a fucking beach hmm. for 15 years. Cool. 
Yeah, that's like, that's basically what it would look like, handwritten, etc. That's the ideal version of what you're about you're to. You're going to employ an army of hipsters to publish your book. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but that's the <laughs> ideal version. It's like the Andy Warhol. That's the totally. ideal version yep. of what it is. Imagine you're just walking along the beach, you pick up a book, and that's what you have in your hands. All right. All right. <clears throat> so the first thing you see is one four two thousand, and the sign said. No signs allowed. Glazed. Long-haired, freaky people need not apply. There it is. Glazed. Red-brown eyes peered through chestnut hair. His toes drummed in his boots while he unconsciously rubbed his thumb against his fisted index finger as if the act would somehow warm the rest of his skin. In his mind, he rolled the word, what, in in circles, smoothing into a ball of confusion. A candied cream and strawberry scent cut through his clouded thoughts. He looked over to see Paula's eyes still cla- calculating the logic at the, at the expected speed of electric light. Alas, to no avail. Mark returned his head to the forward-facing position so as not to, so as not to disturb her. So I do her. have to stop you already. Sure. Uh, this does not so far sound anything like a journal. I know. Okay. She'd figure out before he could anyway. She always does. Wait! Eureka! Scrunch, scrunch, scrunch. Scree, 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 scree. The Sharpie skated along the frozen metal. Mark stepped back, and the sign now read, No signs allowed. This is not a sign. He had never been more proud of anything in his life. No, said Paula. I think you've made it worse. Mark's heart dropped. How so? (laughs) You see, this is a sign, explained Paula. Not anymore, I retorted. If a sign says it's not a sign, you have to believe it. But then, the funny part is, by the way, it says, not anymore, I retorted. If a sign says it's not a sign, you have to listen, which I don't know what the correct <laughs> version should be, frankly. Anyway. But then Wait, you... so in your reading, you just changed it to believe it? Correct. Mm, listen is better. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. I actually had believe it for no. like drafts way before. Listen's but way listen better. better. I'm very happy about that. It's, uh, That's uh, it Doug says Adam. listen on the thing. It's Doug Adamsy. I very yeah. understand. Anyway. <laughs> if a sign says it's not a sign, you have to listen. But then do you still have to obey it? Asked Paula. I think so. This is a not sign telling you not to leave signs, I reasoned. Paula considered this. In that case, she said, there can no longer be such a thing as a sign. You see, if anyone can just add, this is not a sign to any so sign. So this is what it's like to live in his head. I know. Yet whatever demand therein still stands, then it renders the very idea of signage simultaneously useless and ubiquitous. All representations, of idea, all representations of ideas therefore become absurd, and nothing can ever be signified by anything because everything already would be. That can't be right. True. Fuck. Now everything is paradox. I hung my head, deflated by the overwhelming reality of reason, and realized that I had just ruined the universe for everyone. Is there any way out? I desperately probed. The text now changed. The handwriting actually changes. It says... Paula thought deeply about this unreasonable question. Why? she wondered. Why was the burden always on her? How could she possibly be expected to solve all the woes of the world at once? She's not a genius. She's no smarter than you are, despite what the fucking ignition's office felt. She just obsessively works harder at figuring things out than most people do. To her, every puzzle is an affront on her personally. It's not a challenge, but rather a specific and targeted attack on her well-being and way of life. But she needed help, don't you see? If we work together, we could solve all this bullshit, but... No, you're worried about your food and your dog or your kids and your bully or your friends and your... I don't have time for any of this. Why is it always on me? 
I flicked my Zippo and inhaled mournfully. The pungent plant tickled my lungs as it mixed with the frigid, salty sea air. All right. Think. What is this sign? Well, it's a symbolic representation of an idea. And what is the idea in this case? The demand that no one may be permitted to post a sign on this particular wooden wall. How is that, how is that idea represented? Linguistically, a metal, vertical, white rectangle with red words reading, no signs allowed, conveys the concept. Is that a sign? Yes. Is this a problem? Yes. Why? No sign can reasonably, non-verbally request the idea no signs allowed without violating its own maxim. Proposed solution. Inscribe the words, this is not a sign, to specify the now suggested, not signs, now signs, non-authoritative demand. Does this solve the problem? No. Why not? All signs have recognized authority. If a sign is not a sign, then it has no authority. However, if any such not sign sign, including those that do or do not claim to be or not to be, attains authority, a census sign, then all signs therefore become signs and all representation of ideas becomes validated, including the negation of the validation. Full Thus, on, Greg. Everything and nothing is a sign. Or, more specifically, or, or more specifically destructive to the fabric of the universe, everything is and is not. Is there a bigger problem at hand? Yes. What is it? The paradoxical, the paradoxical idea, no signs allowed, inherent in the once now, in the, it's Jesus Christ. The paradoxical hey, idea. Like, I'm oh, really I drunk. Even, I can't even make Go fun of this fuck guy. fuck yourself. Yeah, I could, uh, this Par guy can't even read his own the book. The paradoxical is what I was idea, say, no signs allowed, inherent in the once sign, now not sign, sign, has already infected the world itself. Sign. And indeed, the entire structure with its represented idea. The bold premise remains, regardless of the now sign scribbled proposition that it's not what it is because it first was what it couldn't have been. This means that it is and will always be fucking loaded with signs, unspoken ideas, even if we remove this sign slash sign. In the end, if this sign stays up as is, it will continue to be a not sign with recognized authority, which provides a loophole that can negate any sign, thus any sign, and thus anything, meaning nothing can ever be signified by anything else, including what it is. So, we'll just take it down, right? No. It gets worse. You see, since the authority of this initial sign, i.e., no signs allowed, will always persist as long as the wall remains, regardless of the sign slash sign's presence, in other words, since there are no signs allowed on this particular wooden wall, then it's still obeying the doctrine, no signs allowed. Oh, is this where we get saved by the little girl that leaves the cups of water around? Which was once decreed by a paradox, ultimately negating the entire idea of signs altogether, and we're back to square one, which concludes the decree that all logic and reason must be now fucking universally fucking abandoned. Holy shit, man. Solution? Unfortunately, the entire structure must be burned to the ground. So, what do we do? Asked Mark. The whole thing has to go, said Paula. What? There's no, way, there's no other way out of this. We have to burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> a symbol crash erupts somewhere in the early 70s and echoes its way across time to blow back our inner eager hairs and beer, ba and 
Jesus, and beat the tiny organic drums. We scrambled to pack our belongings as quickly as possible. Mark tossed his life into a sea blue sailor's sack, and Paula stuffed her world into an eggshell pillow. What are organic drums? Signs, signs, everywhere a sign. We telepathically, we telepathically agreed that if we didn't move quickly enough, we ourselves would be infected with the idea, this is not a sign. Mark secretly enjoyed the smell of gasoline. Paula likes it too. Two pairs of feet shuffled in and out of the shack, kicking snow and sand behind them. Soon, everything of consequence had been loaded. Itemize? Later, friend. Distant waves waved. The tide was coming. The text changes again. We took one final look at our home. Our little 10 by 12 by 8 beach bottom shanty constructed exclusively Is the text change us. a different person? Yes. Shouldn't you use a different voice? I don't know how. <laughs> if you don't, then who does? I don't know. Jesus <laughs> Uh, constructed exclusively by for us by us. We'd say it serves it's it's say it Uber? serves us, shelters us, sheltered us as best it could, which admittedly wasn't very well. Few cla- few cracks in the insulation, but only four or five leaks though. Proportionally, sure that's shirt sure, that's shit. But go fuck yourself. We loved it, and now Paula looked over at Mark while snow danced around his puffy, inquisitive face. His rosacea-ridden cheeks tightened and gathered near his cheeks. Wait, is that a level? Did Puffy make Fubu? She thought about the three components of fire. Air, check. Fuel, spilled. And now, heat. I flicked a match. Why waste a Zippo? And the wind blew it out. I tried again, and the wind blew it out. Fuckity fuck! I, I lit two matches together and cupped it smartly. Knelt down like a nurturing mother and held, it this, held the flame to the gasoline, but it still didn't fucking ignite. Mother fuck! Fine! Paula flicked her Zippo and dropped that bitch. Up went the trail of fire like a funeral's piles. Jesus fuck. I'm way too drunk for this. Paula flicked her Zippo and dropped that bitch. Up went the trail of fire like a funeral pyre's tail to begin our liar's tale. The world slipped in slow motion and we turned like sarcastic action heroes without a glance back. My lithe legs swung balletically across the snow-covered sand while Paula's powerful knee pumps punctured pores into the ground. Up went the shack, instantly flinging rings of flame to the night sky. Washing out, the, washing out the stars with an apricot glow. The sea crashed mere meters away, but the tide wouldn't be in on time to save our little sandcastle. Our currents were pointed westward anyway. We marched giddily toward our steed, a large yellow snowplow with an inseparable shovel fused on the front, parked at the end of the road on the tip of the island. The key turned and turned once only, exactly as the sun crested the Atlantic horizon. The engine roared, and at last, we set off in search of America. That's the first entry. Do you want me to keep... Shut the fuck up. Do you want me to keep going with Do Not Clap? Do you want me to keep going with some other stuff? Do you want me to bounce around? Do you want to hear the next part? Do you want to hear what's next? Um, I, I want to hear where it gets less douchey. You want to hear where it gets less douchey? Yeah. I okay. That's a, that exists. <laughs> it definitely exists. He said oh, it only gets down from oh, there. Oh, no. So. It literally... I can turn to the end of the book where it's less douchey. But it's, it, yeah, it, it continually gets less douchey. Um, well, all right. I'll just move to the next. The, the very next chapter acknowledges that. <laughs> One for 2000. But in the beginning was the sea. There was always the sea. Thalata, our dear sweet mother. Wine dark and salt drunk. She slices the heavens on all sides as one turns to windward and away without compass to lead one toward land should one so seek it. Anti-sea journey sickness already? I remember. A purple glow lingered beyond the horizon while a light snow fell. I remember. On a beach, a small shack overlooked the never-frozen, forever-beholden ocean. 
the C, her, she, a loud and inseparable, got a loud, impenetrable mama beast. I remember. Out of her loose, lapping waves, we crawled. Hang on. Sorry. Sweet song. Had to blast it and sing. Is this fucking pretentious? This is fucking pretentious. <laughs> Let's just talk, you and me. What do you say? I don't know why we tried so hard to impress you, I guess. Sitting there outside on the steps, feeling fearfully rebellious. The little man going 15 rounds against all odds. Philly police preparing to tow the plow. See, I'm doing it again with the poetry. That'll slip in here and get here and there, I'm sure. Sorry in advance, I can't help it. Listen, look, we'd write better. All right, I'd write better, but it would take forever. And we don't have the time. Or a dictionary. I should have bought that instead of this. No, not this. The other book I bought. What book you say? Yo, mind your own fucking business. Look, listen. We're not trying to fucking write a masterpiece. We're just remembering the drive while we take it. So, fuck it. Let's ride. Join Paula and I. Let me bring you up to speed. 88 miles per hour! <laughs> no, we can't go that fast. Man, my handwriting is sloppy when I freeform. Something psychological in that? Unhinged. Is that an argument for school? No. Just go slow. Is this better? Sure. But now I feel an overwhelming need to try. Fuck that. For the last fucking time, let's ride. Hey, where are we, Paula? Quote. Ah! Fucking what? Shut up! We're here. Now. Route 78. 1.52 p.m. We passed the King of Prussia Mall probably about 20 miles ago. Cruising speed is roughly 65 miles per hour. Exactly the little, little limit. Stopped and I got some gas. Needle engine chug-chugging and plug-plugging the atmosphere. Shredding the ocean where layer. Wait, is that what it does? No, I think that's aerosol. Spray cans and shit like that. Whatever. Anyway, let's just get out. Or let's just get one thing straight. This is not a road trip, okay? This implies some intent to return. Of, meaning both from us and to us, depending on the direction of each experimental compensation. As for a destination, if not for the end or over the course of the trip at some point, or even if not ever physically, then mentally, no new lens through which to watch one's old world wherever, whenever one returns to say, now I am a new no. What? No, no, I meant to say, like, of, not to. Intent of return. Underline that shit. You're writing what I'm saying exactly, right? I am now. Are you? Writing exactly what I'm saying? Because I don't want to be misrepresented. Of course. God damn it, this is really hard to read out loud. You guys are confused. I can see your faces. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's really hard to read the, like, the actual... <laughs> it's hard to do the voices. Yeah. I can't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it is your voice. I can't. Yeah, n I mean... No, especially the, the opening is like the sort Very of... Very compacted. Well, uh, that's arguable. But uh, <laughs> the, it is the, definitely the, the quintessential Sean O'Brien. That is um, uh, kind of uh, how I picture having first met you. Um, <laughs> you know, just kind of uh, uh, randomly on a back lot in Universal, just pontificating over indistricular logical arguments. <laughs> I, all right, it's too it's too much to do this. Let me read you the last trail end of this. Um, basically, the story is these two characters take a more or less ten day trip. They drive a snowplow uh, from New Jersey to California, um, or at least they try. I, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, yeah. they they it you know um, that's the the intent is to drive across the country, and they do not succeed. The <laughs> The 
most important idea is that they're exclusively platonic best friends. Mm-hmm. They they love each other. They're best friends, but they don't go any steps further to being with one another mm-hmm. ever. Um, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. It's the idea is that you find a journal, and I can't do the voices. Um, you can tell by the actual writing it is. They sometimes argue with each other. They sometimes, you know, within throughout the book itself. Can I ask a couple questions? Sure. How much of this book is autobiographical? Zero. Zero? Well, okay. See, the whole point of it, to be honest with you, is that um, if you're writing your own journal, right, do you have to be who you are? Or are you allowed to be whoever you want to be? be Do you you have to be who the audience wants you to be as a reader? Like if you become cognizant of the fact that you are in fact writing something that you want someone to read, do you have to be who they want you to be? Depends on your definition of journal. So if you're writing the, you know, the classical definition being a diary, then no, absolutely not. But if you're writing a novel that you want to appear to be someone, then that is... That I mean, that's well, a what's the difference? Though? What's the difference between this two? What's the difference between like on the road and House of Leaves? That's supposed to mean something to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the intended audience, I guess. I don't know. I don't know that. It's the truth. Truth is the question. Truth. Okay. W- w- how do you find truth between the storyteller and the the audience? Where do you find that? How? How? What? What is that? That's the main question that I'm basically asking throughout the entirety of this book is if I'm the one telling you the story, where is my obligation as a storyteller to entertain you? Is it to entertain you or to tell you the truth? Well, again, it depends on what you're calling a journal. And if we're talking about journalism, then you have a very deep obligation to let the readers know exactly who you are. Why? um, be, especially in this day and age, that is going to inform their opinion of what they, you know, what you've said. Like, Correct. you know, if, if I'm getting this information from Fox or CNN, that is going to be very differently intaken. Correct. Exactly. Or undertaken. Or, that's that's yeah. exactly the point that I'm trying to illustrate throughout this the whole process of it. How many words did it take you to do that? Uh, 140,000. How many did it take me? I I don't know. <laughs> 70 <laughs> but why but don't you understand yeah, like, no, it's not, like just simply stating it and yeah, don't, yeah. For, don't don't forget like your exact statement is said in about five words in the middle of this book yeah but no they, as far as exemplifying what the actual don't reality get all defensive is, this just oh, isn't no, a show no, 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 if no. i don't give you shit no then. fair <laughs> enough no I, I i swear i wasn't being offensive i'm i'm legitimately saying if you're if you're trying to understand what it is that i have done <laughs> <laughs> Should I rub your I nose in it? Because <laughs> I don't. Here? I haven't figured it out myself. But the reality, uh, the reality is, the intent when I wrote it was: if you are the one telling your own story, how? What's your obligation, basically, as the storyteller, essentially? Um, and more importantly, as the person living it and the person changing while they're doing it and escaping for whatever reason they left for whatever reason they're they're they fucking burn their house down mm-hmm. to drive across the country why did they do that 
Well, and I mean, the, the example, I mean, in my uh, minimal literary knowledge, uh, this is essentially Mark Twain, isn't it? I mean, the, the idea mm-hmm. of, you know, Samuel Clemens kind of sure. writing these articles under totally. a pseudonym, trying to, I mean, that even goes back to... Uh, it's a freeing what, element, yeah. Well, what is uh, Ben Franklin's um, alter, who was that, uh, Prince... Oh, Pro, fuck, it Prince Richard's right. Almanac or something or, like that? Something, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, God damn it, it's going to bug <laughs> Continue though, yeah. yeah. The, no, that's all. I but have. No, again, no, <laughs> it, precisely. It's a, it's, but what I, oh, I guess what I, my point is though that that is it, it, still I look at that very differently. Maybe that is just my um, my uh, my non intellectualism. But I once I found out that Samuel Clemens and uh, you know Mark Twain are two different entities, but the same person. That makes me change how I read his writings. So, you know, when I would first read Mark Twain, I would take most of it as uh, journalism, essentially, as uh, accounts of what he has seen, because that's mostly the perspective that those things are written in. Whereas once I found out that, you know, Mark Twain is a pseudonym for this dude that's just making shit up, then that creates a a fictional world that I'm now in. And that is a different place in a different way that that registers in my brain. I have now taken this from a classification of this is an actual story and an actual thing that happened in history in these events. And I've moved it over into some something that is, you know, more of an encapsulation of the time period rather than a, a history. So it takes it from being the Bible to being the Bible. Right. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, again, don't forget, this is January of 2000. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess, I, the, uh, again, like, what? Wh- when was the last time this world was comfortable to live in? Yeah. Like, never. Around there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the idea. That's exactly mm-hmm. the idea that I'm trying to kind of illustrate. Is when was the last time that it was comfortable to sort of exist in a weird way? And and literally right after Y2K, right after. I mean, I would say I, would, I was never comfortable, but that's you know. Me. You're saying never as as a human like humanity had a or at least America had a much higher level of comfort and comfortability uh, pre 9/11. Oh no, for sure. Yeah, exactly. But but within yeah. that, and and certainly like you know that it's all rooted around a very specific plot point that yeah. kind of illustrates that whole point as far as you know no even this is fucking bullshit none of it actually I, matters i think you're right actually when you think about it historically i think adam carolla talks about pre-aids mid coke <laughs> uh i think this is uh pre 9-11 and then right you know the bubble from the 90s is going yeah. up and you're just getting like post nirvana pre 9-11 yeah, yeah you're just getting great tv and movies and everything so it's it's uh it's good. yeah and it's but nice. but yet imagine like it's when you know, an indie movie could say something but, but it was but, very and innocent yet, and how but why would an indie movie have anything to say at that point yeah like why would like how how were disaffected youth it, it was really at in- all warranted in fucking complaining about their lives in january of 2000 like that's some bullshit. Like fuck you, man. Well, I gotta say, well, I really like that, Kevin Smith. Man. That is also <laughs> I do too. But that's kind of that's literally yeah, the point I'm trying exactly, to make here. Yeah. As far as well, like, what is okay. your, what is your fucking problem? Like, don't you have anything? That's a very. Why are you so fucking? Don't sad? you think? <laughs> I mean, arguably, I, I I personally am way more comfortable now than I ever was. But I'm sorry, that's Joey, you're just comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Joey. No, yeah. I don't want to make this PC comment. No, no go for it. Because you're a white guy. That's all. In 2000, like, you wouldn't say that. You wouldn't be like, oh, time was great for even Americans. Like, oh, that's interesting. You know I mean? Okay, so so w- w- why not? Well, <laughs> one, America's 
fairly racist now. Think about 16, 17 years ago. Honestly, it, I feel it like it's more it, racist it now than I, it was when I was 20. I wouldn't go I that far, but disagree. it's it's it, it hasn't changed that much, I guess is my point. It's, it's, it's just more, as bad. It's more prominent now. We swept it under the rug a lot better I would probably then, say, sure. if you could convince me of it being a wash, of it being the same. Yeah. And in that sense- At the very least. It's about yeah. the same, for sure. Yeah, in that sense, then that era, the 2000, whatever era, it wasn't really that great. It was good for white people in America. Specifically. This is the best time for anyone ever. I was kind of saying that in the last episode. No one was on board with my Pax Americana argument. What? Is that what that means? Yeah. Oh, then I'm on board. Wait. <laughs> I missed what you're talking about. Um, it's a good time to be alive. Anyway, I'll keep, you want to keep going? Food's not here. I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess that's true. I really liked it, OB, let me just say. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. It I, was tough in the beginning, but once you kind of no, realize no, it's well, Sean O'Brien, you can kind of be like, oh. No, well, I don't I don't want that. I, I <laughs> yeah, You have to understand. He can't like, co-introduce not, himself to No, everybody. yeah, no, no, no. It, it's the, these, these two characters have a very distinctive voice. I mean, Marco is the poet, and Hello? Paula is the- Paula is the fucking- No, it's, that's a joke halfway through the book. It's, it's the whole premise of it. God damn it. It's yeah no it's it's very tongue in cheek in general. Uh, Marco's the poet, Paul is a philosopher. They they're at contradicting odds. They will never reconcile. They will never love each other. They will never be together. And yet we want them to forever. We always want them to get together. Is this about us? The way it goes. No, it's not. I, yeah. I'm sorry, no. it was not. By the way, uh, but, are there any TV shows, or I was going to say any works of art like that, where there's this sexual tension and then it's never paid off moonlighting oh never never paid off never paid off yeah is there a, um, is there yeah a... there's a lot of shows that get canceled before the third season where they normally pay that <laughs> yeah, okay. I, to be clear i didn't say it didn't pay off i just <laughs> spoiler alert I said, I said the idea is that they you know they they will never reconcile they can never reconcile and if if the question is that they do or that they won't or that they will never then the the the, the answer must be how if ever. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's once again, they're not telling you the truth the entire time you're reading this. So it's hard to really determine what is true and what's not. Um, I'm, I'm, I have a couple things that are less douchey, but they're, they're equally like <laughs> douchey in their, in their sort of like, it's hard to describe. I don't know, Sean Fa. I don't know Sean Fa. Don't be worried about him. He's not your audience anyway. <laughs> oh, that's that's for true. Oh no, I am I'm not, not the audience for any book. I, you know, I've, I've read Ulysses to Ooh, you guys fuck. many times, and nobody gives a fuck. I wonder what what you would like, Sean Fa. I wonder, that's an interesting. Doug Adams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something that's close to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. But no, because the problem with my Level, sci-fi more levels of this, less douche. Yeah. No, it's the, there's any comedic no, moments. There's too many. Oh, there's the whole book is supposed to be funny, but. <laughs> It's supposed to be, <laughs> but that's yeah. No, no, no. I have no illusions that it's not that funny. Do you want something sweet or do you want something really funny? Funny. God damn it! I hate <laughs> you so much. It's not funny though. Because that's something I can judge you by is more. There a, is there like a dark comedy? Like a I last my thing. I yes. Like I mean, it's you know yes, something but it's, it's just too long for it to be like creepy and disturbing, and it's just that those moments that they take too long to pay off. Okay. Uh, they're too douchey. They're too douchey to read. They're too douchey. Let me see if I can find a fucking fun. Too douche. Or something funny. No, I can't even. Like the only too thing douchey. I'm... It could be his uh, rap name. It's oh, that's good. <laughs> too douchey. Yeah. But it's obviously number two. 
right. She sits around. Here, here. Sean Faye, you'll you to a douche, to a douche, to douche. I'll tell you what. So basically, at at some point, they go to. Uh, it's, it's all funny. It just takes too long to, for the funny to happen. Um, set up. It's not so much set up. It's just you know you got to. It's, it's you're reading a journal like how it, it is a novel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, you're, you're, all right. So Sean, take a novel approach. Imagine you. Imagine you approach a um a a, a group of protesters. So I will give you guys basically uh, this whole protest section. Sean fantasy over here. Well, it depends on what they're protesting. Exactly. So I will give you that rundown. Now, every single one of these is a um is a song in the album "Evil Empire" by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Every single one of these, you know, protests is. So it's basically based on that. Um, I'll read you the... No, I'm not even... Fuck it. I'm not going to read the open. Um, why don't you look up Evil Empire and tell me what song you'd like... I'm going to do that. Yeah, I don't let's think do that. To and I'll give you guys whatever you want. <laughs> so, so you That's have a great like album. A 1600. Paula approaches it and writes about her moment here. Uh, it's all the same to me, I think. What are they saying? Three's a pattern, Princeton, OSU, Defiance. What's the, where's the draw? Why do I feel the pull? Is it that I know I can always find people who, with whom to argue? But it's all the same. Silent protests in the heads of Ivy League individuals, a preacher in an oval, a crowd with a sign on a Thursday. It's all the same to me, I think. Cacophony of ideas. Do you got one? You guys have one? What? Oh, uh, Revolver? I, you want Revolver? I have, oh, wow. I have no idea what I'm asking for. What I'm song just, number is that? That is number four. All right. Revolver, so that it is five minutes and thirty seconds long. Wait, number you did four? pick the, you picked the longest song on the album. No, it's okay, it'll be okay. It's all one page. Each one is one page. No, I just it's an interesting that you did that. Uh, it seems like uh, "Wind Below" is five fifty. Oh God, okay. So the so never mind. Basically, <laughs> basically to to set up this moment, Paula is walking around a college campus with a bunch of assholes holding up signs that say things, and she fucking hates every single person she approaches, and she fucking argues with them. She sounds hot. So she walks, and she is very hot. Sweet. She's she's she read a little slower. She's voluptuous. <laughs> she's bigger, but she's fucking feisty. BBW. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so th- she walks up to someone that sa- with a sign that says, don't take my guns. Oh, wait, no. She's a lot less hot now. <laughs> no, no. The sign says, don't take my guns. Yeah. She walks up to this person. Yeah. Wait till you hear I'm what she being fucking presumptuous. says. Yeah, go for you it. You idiot. <laughs> hey, Revolver, don't mothers make good fathers? Indeed. Columbine? Fine. Wasn't it mental health? Marilyn Manson in South Park? Without God, our moral systems are gone. Without protection, these students are vulnerable. Metal detectors everywhere. Armed security guards, the avocados. A militia, pun intended, to fight the national, quote, guard. Once they become tyrannical, once they become. Because it will happen, won't it? It will. I can absolutely make this assertion. Why? Because I have a gun. No, I don't have a gun. In the end, what do you want our country to look like? These phrases flashed my mind before he opened his mouth. Maybe I'm strawmanning him. Always inquire locally. What say you, sir? I asked. A well-regulated mil- Let me ask you a question. What are you afraid of? I said. A tyrannical government and, crim- and criminals, he replied. What is a criminal? I said. Someone coming into my house. Why are they there? I asked. 
He won't have a choice to tell me. Do I, have the, do I not have the right to protect what's mine? Well, why is what's yours yours? You're going to debate the philosophy of property with me now. Goddamn hippies. Fine, I said. Tell me about the government. Have you ever studied history? Every government turns tyrannical. It's unavoidable, he said, with a smug salesman smile. That's a ridiculous assertion and an inductive fallacy. It's our constitutional right, he said. Why should it be a right? I asked bluntly. Are you seriously asking me that? Do I not have the right to protect myself? No, no, you do. Why is it a right for you to have a gun for defense? It's the most effective defense known to man. A nuclear warhead is a better defense, I reasoned. Why shouldn't I have the right to have that? He asked. Well, what do you want our country to look like? I asked. Pictures of fields without fences. That's your... That's that moment. That's that guy. Don't take my guns. He's got a sign that says, don't take my guns. Yeah. Joey, what did you have? What song? Yeah. Uh, People of the Sun. Fucking the very first one. Okay. straw man bullshit. I'm with you. I know. <laughs> I'm with you. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you, my friend. I thought about you when I wrote that chapter. I'm sure. Did you know? <laughs> all right. People of the Sun. You were always on my mind. And so it all starts off. Hey, we're still here. Better turn the bass up on this one. Check it. Was he hopeful, surprised, annoyed? His sign seemed to be more question than protest. Green lettering on black cardboard. Underneath, little yellow stick figures with what looked like suns for heads stared up at the words as if emerging from shadows by creating their own illumination. What did this one, what did this one want? Uh, who was this for? Why are you mad, bro? I asked. We're still here, he shouted, asked. I, I don't understand. I'm here to speak the truth of lies. Why do you think government, corporate America, the media all came together to scare us? What could they possibly want? What? I asked. Y2K, said Y2K. Everyone, I mean everyone, told us that Silicon Valley would go dark at midnight, that our microwaves would all attack us while the water was released from its holding cells as there was no more electric sensors to stop it, Car keyboards exploding, mouses, or mice, or mouses, I let them go, unleashed, right? At midnight, it will all crumble, the world grid's broken, the world's grid broken, all nets unraveled while we plunged into nothingness, and what happened? Nothing, I said, egging him on. His eyes glazed, reptilian, duplicating, almost blinking sideways. The first layer was a bizarre nostalgia for a great world that once was and now had fallen. But underneath, an impassioned, frustrated melancholy that this was not the case. Finally, he spoke. Precisely. They profited off of our fears. And if the sun would have disappeared too, we gave it all to them. What are we left with? Everything and nothing. Para todos todos. Or para todos todo. Para nosotros nada. Said Y2K. Doesn't that make you mad? I pretended to think of that the question for his sake. But my answer was readied. Not really. I shrugged. It's coming back around. And I moved on. You want to hear another one? Or you want to hear something else? Bulls on parade. Bulls on parade? Uh, that's song two, right? Yeah. Three minutes so, and 49 seconds. It says, think! You just said autistic, by the way. <laughs> so the, the sign that she you walks up to, the sign that she, she walks up to says, think! 
I walked up to a sign and stared at it, soberly, silently, for a long time. The sign bearer stared back. What? he said. I just held up my finger and continued to stare. What? he repeated, growing paranoid. I nodded. He wasn't getting it. Pray tell, Goodman Delver. What is thine beef? I queried. Aw, man, you don't (laughs) even know. When's the last time you had an original thought for yourself, any of you? You just walk around listening and parroting what you heard, don't you? He said. Well, line up to the mind, cemetery now. I don't even. No. I just walk around listening and parroting what I hear, I said. Yeah, he asked. Yeah, I said. So, what, like Yeltsin resigning, HMOs, Elyon, McVeigh, Pluto, Ice Caps, the motherfucking military-industrial complex? Shit or get off the pot! I cut in. So, what, like Yeltsin? Resigning in HMOs? Elyon McVeigh? Pluto Ice Caps? I parroted. <laughs> Mother's fucking military. In- industrial? Complex shit. Or, get off the pot. Read Howard people People's History of the United States, he recommended. They don't gotta burn the books, they just remove them, I explained, and moved on. Quite the poet, this Mark. <laughs> this is all Paula. This Paula? This is all Paula. So she's, she's kind of poetic, too. Not really, she's the philosopher. Yes, but she's also kind of poetic. She's a rapper in, at her core. At her core. I don't know what to say, man. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) What else do you want from me? (sighs) Pick a random thing. We'll finish off. Uh, Without a face? You want to hear? You want to stick with this chapter? Oh, well, what are my other choices? Literally the rest of the book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with that. 322. 322? There's no no page numbers. How am I supposed to? Stop. Right there. <laughs> okay. Do you want to read it? No. Okay. It starts with, <laughs> it starts with, fuck you slash fuck you. It's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Barbara tracked us down. Fucking Marco helping her fucking load. Does she ever shut up? Had to get more. No room. Really close to murdering her. Praise the Lord. Do I have to be sorry? It's racist. <laughs> God. I'm, I'm, I'm it, do I have to be sorry? Do, sorry. Do I have yeah, to be sorry I murdered her to go to, to, to get to heaven? Loves that Jesus. I'm going to murder her with both of the murder with such of the murder. I'm so sorry, says Marco. So much murder. Just very murder. I'm going to very murder her and then you with all of the murder. Marco finally says, let's just go. <laughs> That's, they, they talk to each other within that chapter of the book. And then that's that moment. I um, <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was very terrible. Much. That was insanely embarrassing. Uh, thank you for reading that. That was the worst moment of my life. Uh, I just want to say thank you because just that, so you know, that that took a lot of guts. That was the worst moment of my life. I literally finished that today. By the way, wow. Yeah, I finished it today. And that's that's congratulations. It's a novel. That's uh, it's quite an accomplishment. Four hundred ten fucking bullshit pages. We'll see what happens. My dear, this is only the beginning. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Literally Literary. Sean feels like he's showing us his anthem. What do you want to say? (laughs) It's such a nice ending, you guys.